Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today we continue our studies in 1 Thessalonians, Paul, the Gospel and the Church. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart. We'd love for you to join us over there. Morning all. Welcome back to our devotionals and uh, we'll carry on the 1 Thessalonians this morning and we're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Um, and a lot of the stuff that we're looking at today really is a kind of a direct sequel to what I looked at on Friday. It's funny because obviously Andy has dealt with kind of the verses in between um, Friday and today, but really I'm kind of carrying on exactly where I left off on Friday. So we're going to be reading 1 Thessalonians Chapter 3, verses 5 to um, 8. And this is what it says. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith, for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. So just a a recap of what's going on. Uh, Paul has planted the church in Thessalonica. Uh, He has established a leadership team there and there are disciples there but he's been separated from them for a long while and there's kind of a two-pronged uh, issue going on one issue is in the church people are coming in and saying to them those apostles you know they came among you and then they just vanished do they really care about you that much and that's one issue going on but the other issue is Paul away from them is worrying that they've been taken from the faith, that they are no longer following uh, the Lord, or that that they may be dwindling in unbelief. And so there's kind of two issues going on, uh, issues that come when there is disconnection and and not presence with each other, um, and they're not together. And so Paul, as we saw uh, on Friday, and and with, uh, with Andy as well, has sent Timothy to them in order to see how they're doing. And as I said on Friday, that is a sacrifice on Paul's part because Timothy is precious to Paul. He would much rather keep Timothy with himself. It's a, it's a crutch for him to lose his precious Timothy, but he cares for this church so much. He has such a love for them that he needs to know how they're doing um, and would rather have an answer either way rather than just worrying um, in ignorance. So that's um, that's where we kind of left off on Friday. Paul worrying, Paul saying, "We're sending. I'm, I've sent Timothy to you in order to find us out." And so, where we find ourselves now, it begins with a but. But now that Timothy has come to us from you, and he has brought us the good news of your faith and love, and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us. So now we have uh, the. Now Paul's worry is turning to very happy uh, good news because now he has Timothy has returned and he has seen the fruit that has been born and, and the apostles' work was not in vain. They didn't labor in vain. They have now uh, 
they've shown that their labour has been good. And I actually think that Paul's response to this gives quite um, potentially even a challenge to us, certainly a challenge for me, in that just listen to some of the ways that Paul expresses this. For this reason, as in for their faith and love and, and everything being genuine, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. In other words, because of this, this uh, news that you are standing firm in the faith, that you are not walking away ill or dwindling in, un, in unbelief, that is enough to comfort us in our distress and affliction. And bear in mind, when Paul's using the word distress and affliction, he's probably not using it in the same way that we would, because this guy went to prison, this guy was whipped, this guy was stoned, this guy was beaten, this guy was shipwrecked. He knows uh, affliction far more than we do. And he's saying that their faith is a comfort to him in that. And then listen to what he says in verse 8. For now we live if you are standing in the Lord. Your knowledge of your faith is enough to give us life. It's that good to Paul. And the reason I say I think this is quite a challenge is um, because I may be wrong, but this is just a, an observation certainly in myself, as well as I think a wider observation as well. We in the church today, we love a good uh, testimony of how God has moved in someone's life. We, we love to hear us, you know, I've heard them called God stories before, you know, God has done something in my life this week. God has done this. There's been um, a miracle here. You know, this person has been healed or God has provided in this sense. And don't get me wrong. These are fantastic, and I find them so stirring in, in faith, and I, I love hearing them. And I'm not at all saying we shouldn't value those at all. But there is a sense in which we need to kind of have a priority on uh, what is the greatest miracle the Holy Spirit can do. And the greatest miracle the Holy Spirit cannot, that can do is not... Uh, regrow a limb or provide uh, financially or any of those things, as, as amazing as they are, the most amazing miracle that the Holy Spirit does is turning a heart of stone, a person who does not know the Lord or love the Lord, and as the Bible says, walks in darkness, turning that heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Um, the Bible describes becoming a Christian as though it's back from the dead. You, you know, in Ephesians 2, it says you were dead in your transgressions, but you have been made alive in Christ. The image is this person was dead in, in, in a spiritual, very real sense. They did not have the power to turn to God. And now they have turned to God and know him as their Lord and Savior and friend. That is the supreme miracle of the Holy Spirit. And so when we uh, sing songs about, you know, wanting to see the Holy Spirit move, I, I remember standing in church um, this is long before the pandemic, and singing a song about wanting the Holy Spirit to move. And I remember just looking around and thinking, hang on a second, we have a room full of people calling Jesus Lord. The Holy Spirit has moved. This is incredible. And I think this is really what Paul is, is so excited about. He isn't necessarily excited to hear anything specific from them, but a whole community of Jesus-loving people. What an amazing reality. In all my affliction, and all my trouble, that is enough to give me comfort. Paul is stirred by the joy of the gospel. 
the gospel has borne fruit and therefore I am excited by it, is what Paul is saying. And I think that's really quite profound, as I say, for the, for the reasons I've just given. And I think the challenge is for, is for me and for us is, do we value that supremely? Do we value seeing God move, seeing the gospel bear fruit? And the reason why Paul was in such pain earlier is for the same reason that he's in such loss now. Because when we come to faith, when we come into that new identity, we are leaving behind the world of death and we're coming into life. And so when we see people walking back into death, it should be pain. It it shouldn't just be, oh, they're not walking with the Lord anymore. It should come with with weeping and, and worry. But when we find out, no, they are, they are alive with us. That's a real cause for joy. And I think one of the reasons why this is so profound, Paul doesn't specifically use the language here, but he does in other places, is that as a body, as Christians, as a church, we are a family. We are a family of faith. I remember a few years ago being at a prayer meeting with some of the church leaders in commission, and a guy from Serbia was there. And I remember him saying, he knew probably 5% of the room. And he greeted everyone as his, as his brothers and sisters in Christ. And I remember him saying something that's really stuck with me. He said, there are no cousins in the body of Christ, only brothers and sisters. And I've quoted that so many times since then because I, I love that image. There are no distant relations. There are no cousins. There are no uh, you know, family trees that go off. In Christ, we are brothers and sisters. We're a family of faith. We rejoice in each other's membership in the family. You know, if you think about, imagine you were in a family and and another child was adopted in. Really, your heart would be to see your new sibling become one of you, to grow into what it means to be like you guys. It's not good enough that they simply live in your house, but then have a completely set of, completely different set of values and uh, attitudes and views. Ultimately, as a family, we want to grow together. We want to be like one another. We want to see that person integrated in. And so it's really the same thing that's what's going on here with Paul. He's saying, we knew you became part of the family. And and we want to love you as brothers and sisters. But we were so worried that you had been taken aside. But now that we know you are firmly our brothers and sisters growing like us with the same values and, and the same object of growth, Jesus that is enough to give us life. And so the encouragement I want to give you guys this morning is the gospel is powerful and the gospel has borne fruit. And if you are watching this and call yourself a believer in Jesus, you are evidence that the Holy Spirit works miracles. And that is something to rejoice in. And I, as a brother in the Lord, want to rejoice in the fact that you are standing firm in the Lord. I, as a brother in Christ, want to rejoice in the fact that the gospel has borne fruit in your life and in our lives because we are a family. We're not just individuals that come to the same um, organization. We are a body. We're a family. So uh, bless you. And if you are not a, a believer, I should say, you are more than welcome to join this family through faith in Jesus Christ. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us your spirit and your spirit points us to Christ. 
Lord Jesus, we pray that we really would uh, know what it means to grow in pursuit of you, to be a family that is going after you. Help us to grow uh, individually in you, but also as a body together, to support one another, to rejoice in each other's um, in each other's testimonies of good. And Lord, simply to find so much joy in the fact that you still make disciples today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.